Welcome to Boating Insights. This is a podcast about achieving your boating dreams. Brought to you by Above and Beyond Boating. We deliver the leading courses to skipper your own boat. Hi, I'm Neil Driscoll and I'm from Above and Beyond Boating. And today's podcast is going to talk to you about tweaks and modifications that you might do on your boat. And um, we all love it. A tinkering with a boat it's um you know it's very unusual that we don't find something you know no matter what your kind of draw card to boats is if you don't find an area that you enjoy kind of playing with or buying things for the boat or upgrading um yeah it goes without saying that it's very easy to get carried away um and unfortunately, if the, when the bill arrives and you, you sometimes get a chance to realize that you, you maybe did overcapitalize a little bit. However, what I just want to do today is kind of give you a few insights of things that I've seen along the way. Um, just give you a little bit of background on this. You know, we are the online training specialist for um, training uh, training you for or training boat owners and, and aspiring boat owners around around the world. Um as well as being a skipper, I am um, my original kind of background in the business as we first got going, and um, rather than looking for investors to build the uh, build the online training, we um, we built the cash from um, managing boats for a number of years for people, um, and you you know you see a lot of things that work out well and things that don't go so well. You know, I've seen. Not often have actually seen people own boats and end up actually, you know, making money if they've bought well and didn't overcapitalize and sold well. Um, you know, the the thing we've got other podcasts, which you know, it's really important to remember with all of this is you're buying a lifestyle, and uh, you know, if you ask an accountant, there unless they're another boat owner, they'll you you know, if it's purely financial. The answer to a boat would always be no. So it is a lifestyle. It is your health, your well-being, your blue mind, you know, your uh, time with yourself, your family, your loved ones, whoever it may or may not be. But point is, please, please just try and remember with all this, that although, you know, some of the upgrades do come down to the, um, the financial side of things, what I'm trying to do is just give you some things to think about that you, uh, you'll often no, you'll often see when people have owned many, many boats uh, over their lifetime, this stuff comes really naturally to them. When people are early in their boat owning uh, journey, um, they will often um, get a few of these wrong. Um, and look, the the, um, the other thing that's tricky when you start looking at you know modifications and upgrades, which is worth bearing in mind, is that you would be a very un you'd be a very rare boat owner if you found that you what you thought was going to be the primary usage of the boat when you went into the ownership turned out to have been bang on correct when you came out of the ownership the the exception for that is obviously if you buy a boat that's kind of an out and out be it um fishing boat or pure racing boat um uh, then you know something like that's fairly obvious but you know lots of boats these days we're looking to tick multiple boxes so we want some performance we want some cruising time we want livability um you know we want them to be twitchy and fun particularly really looking down the sailing side of things so first thing i just want to say 
good friend of mine, um, Mike's owned many boats and um, you know, he always makes me laugh with his stories of these things, classic Irish accent, which I won't try and do for you today, but he basically just says, what did I just do? <laughs> and the, the, you know, the moral of the story for him, you know, he started off um, with a funky new headsaw and then realised that um, suddenly the it was falling, you know, it wasn't holding the shape for his racing, so he needed a new halyard, but then the sheave exit box on the mast wasn't strong enough to take the halyard, so they upgraded that, and suddenly they needed to change the clutches, and then that wasn't really fitting the right bill for the winch that they had, and, you know, once he's paid for all of these things and upgraded all of them, you suddenly go, did I really just do that? And for me, it, it, it sums so many of these things up because... You know, be it houseboat, anything renovation, but uh, particularly, you know, for me with boats, if with hindsight, you know, at the end of that journey, if you realize how many other things the knock on effect you're going to need to upgrade, would you have started the journey? I would say 50% of the time, the answer would actually be no. 50% yes, you know, I love it, it was totally worth it, it's changed everything. But half the time, I think actually, if you, um, if you ask yourself, am I having X amount more fun than I was, um, then the answer would actually be no. Uh, something which is worth bearing in mind at this point as well is I'm really focusing this podcast around the things which are nice to do rather than need to do. So my point being, you know, if if your boat is going to sink, if you don't change a, a seacock, then that's not exactly something that you can choose not to do. Um you know, if you if your auxiliary engine has died and needs replacing, you know, yes, you can make a decision about how funky or new or secondhand you go, but you kind of need one. I'm looking at like I've already got sales, but do I get a new one? Or um, you know, we're going to put this add-on or these new covers and that that kind of thing. So the the what did I just do as a good starting point? The next thing in terms of the investment is I have always maintained for a new boat or a used boat, that as soon as you get anything other than the base boat, so ticking an option on a new boat or um, doing any upgrades, um, mentally, you need to write off all of that money straight away. No fancy depreciation, no will it go better, will it won't. The reality is that you might get paid for it, but you... If you are even making an assumption that you may get paid for something on the way out, don't do it. Just don't do it. Um, because it should, anything that you're doing when you're upgrading the boat needs to needs to work on a basis that you can justify to yourself that you're doing this because you really want it. Not trying to convince yourself you're going to make the boat worth more than another boat. Because remember, in that situation, you, you're always up against anyone else that's selling at that time and Anyone that needs the money more than you do will sell for less, and therefore you, you you don't you don't get to see the return on your investment, which then comes into the benefit. Now, I often think the benefit is difficult to measure because it's so personal. It's something I always found fascinating with the training and boat management that we were doing together at one point was seeing the extremely different ways people might use, you know, it might be two boats, same marina, same family dynamic in terms of number of kids, number of people, whatever. 
but that the the way that they will use the boat can be so extremely different and therefore you know anyone saying that's a waste of money or you absolutely need that can never be correct and because they don't know how you're going to use your boat you know as an example i know for many people uh, especially you know if you're lucky enough to live somewhere hot like we do in australia the shade is really important you know i thought it's fascinating you know you um uh, reading, uh, you know, the uh, kind of a benefit of hindsight article from Chris Tibbs, you know, one of the best meteorologists in the world talking about his round the world trip and basically got to the Caribbean having, you know, he's, he's done plenty of sailing around the, around the tracks, but having kind of specced his boat in England, in Europe, where he wasn't that worried about sun and then got to the Caribbean and was like, wow, this is really important. Whereas obviously in Australia, it's a no-brainer. You wouldn't consider not having some sun protection whereas in england it's all about rain protection so point is how much is this going to benefit you like are you if you put this bow thruster in are you going to be able to use your boat single-handed on a wednesday when everyone else is at work which i remember you know it was a cool dad did on a boat you know we were at school i don't know where mum was and he wanted to go out on his own every wednesday and he put the bow thruster in and suddenly that that was a realistic option for him might be the same for you know if um mobility is um you know not being kind to you you know moving a boat into a marina or an easy access pen even if it's costing more money it might mean that you're able to kind of get a lot more benefit out of using the boat and hanging out on the boat could go the other way as well and say you know maybe moving it out of a marina and putting it onto a mooring buoy means that you can enjoy being on the boat without and the peace and tranquility without having to uh, go anywhere it, it, it's totally personal but my point is trying to look actually at the benefits of how it would impact your use of the boat when you're going out and often that will make it really easy um i often do this with spinnakers you know you might say look are you just ask yourself am i going to be enjoying the boat x amount more and having that much more fun if i own it if the answer is yes buy it if it's no don't it's, it can actually be that simple Probably one of my biggest ones, this is, you know, particularly seeing people get ready for big trips. Um, I see this uh, regularly uh, made as a bit of an error, is not really accounting for how much time something's going to be out of action. You know, standard tradesman rule. So if you're working on how long a job is going to take, then take the time and treble it. So there's the time they want it to take, then there's the time that it's probably going to take, and then there's a the time for it to be finished. So, and it's always with the best of intentions. It's just boats are fiddly and hard. So, um, you got to also factor in if you're planning to go and do a trip, you might say to yourself, "Yeah, we're about to have seven months on board," but if those seven months are going to begin with you having had no sailing time, no overnight passages, no liveaboard time, because the boat's been essentially a nautical building site, um, you may well find that you don't enjoy the trip as much as you thought you would because you actually don't know the boat as well and you haven't had time to figure it out and you've kind of, you know, you might be able to figure it out on the fly, but often if you talk to people after a trip, they had the boat out of action doing a lot of modifications in the lead into a trip that with hindsight they didn't use many of them as much as they thought they would and they spent a lot more money than they thought they would and they didn't get the time on board to kind of tweak and set the boat up in the way that they wish they had so look really carefully at the time out of action i've seen this 
in some incredible extremes. Um, and it's quite unusual that people have the boat out of action for a long time, uh, that they feel great about it. Obviously, if it's a boat needs a full reno or something, you know you're going into that. It's a whole different ball game. But I'm just talking about, um, you know, a never-ending stream of jobs that mean you can't actually get onto the boat, which kind of feeds into the why. Um, why am I making this upgrade? Is it, you know, my friend at the beginning uh, with the what did I just do? You know, he races every Wednesday with uh, three or four matched boats. They're all extremely competitive. Um, and being able to say, uh, sail, you know, two, two degrees closer to the wind and meaning that you can beat your mates and get the bragging rights may well be worth it. I think probably in that case it was. Um, but, but are you doing this because some, you know, someone said, oh, I'd never go to sea without one of those. Or are you doing this because you think it's fundamental for your safety? Or, you know, you, you, I suppose one I've seen many times is, you know, if, um, people who've earned their, their, or done their careers, you know, in technology uh, and, you know, they get onto a boat and many boats have got pretty dated technology and they just go, oh, wow, I'm just not going to be able to deal with this. Then, yeah, it makes sense. Like, upgrade it. Do what's going to make you happy. Um but just be careful that you're not just doing something because everyone told you you needed to do it or you'd never go to sea without it. Like, be really clear on the why. Like, what is the actual benefit to me and the people I'm using this boat with, my family, friends, whatever, of, of making this update? And then that kind of falls into will this really be the end i'll give you an easy one you know you replace the spray dodger and then you look at the boom uh boom bag and the the bimini and go oh yeah we probably should have done them all um or you know you you like the sail example you you, you replace the sail but then you realize that actually it doesn't fit in the boom bag anymore and then you realize that the halyard isn't strong enough or whatever you know you can create a journey but just try and be realistic about the knock-on effect of what you're about to do. Um, and it might mean that you just have a budget that you go, right, okay, budget of time and money. This is this is phase one, phase two, phase three of this upgrade process. Um, but often it's easy to go, oh, we'll just upgrade that. And then suddenly you realize that that actually triggers a whole bunch of other things for it to, to all work properly especially if you go down the um, electrical side of side of life and then finally uh this whole quoting estimate gig um i totally understand you yeah, i've managed trades on boats most of my career why people often can't do a quote um or you know realistically if you're insisting on a fixed price quote and they know their job then you as the owner should lose that's how that works but there should you should be able to get an estimate you should be able to have a quote on the hardware um and the estimate should be able to say you know minimum of these hours maximum of these hours um it, there are often unknowns with boats I, I i totally appreciate um but um the kind of flying in blind um, can often mean that although the work was done, probably needed to be done, that you haven't quite had a clear understanding. Um, you know, a classic case in point would be you do something like a simple upgrade of a chart plotter and you go, okay, that's going to be 
four hours labor or when because we've got to recut some shapes out and get rid of this and change an aerial and yeah okay then they find something and give you a call and you go yeah sort that out and you know then the job's kind of it creeps and uh, the project creeps out and you haven't really tuned into the the hours that are going with it aside from the hardware um and it, it it's usually you know it's no more complex than the fact that you know the person doing the job assumed you'd realized and you hadn't really thought about it but um it's really worth just making sure that you kind of get some clarity around that and and yeah just be be comfortable if, if someone said look there's no way i can possibly quote this or give you an estimate on time um then you know make sure that you get yourself um kind of comfortable on why that why that might be the other side of that is that please just be careful that just because someone is quick on that side of things um make sure you then do a bit of research and obviously kind of figure out you know google etc that you're 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 comfortable that then they're, they're you know quick and good at doing the job as well as quick and good at getting the uh, estimate out um, and it's obviously a sensible price so look, the final thought is like tweaks and modifications can be a lot of fun like everything it's a lot more fun if you kind of do the project actually with a clear understanding of what your outcome is going to be uh, and what your investment's going to be in terms of boat out of action uh, time it takes and uh, money uh, and finally if you think of doing anything to your boat please make sure that you um, are comfortable to write off whatever the money was uh, and that you're not expecting to see it on the resale and then if you do see something it's just a bonus uh, thanks very much bye bye